You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. So we are right now in the 15th installment of our Redefined series and I want you right now to open your Bibles in chapter 7. We're not yet there in our passage but this is really something exciting that verse 12 was a reminder of chapter 5 verse 7. The question is, why is it that Jesus Christ delivered this passage before us diving into what we need to discuss tonight? It is written in verse 12. It's written right here. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And I'm asking myself, isn't this a familiar passage known as the golden uh, retriever? No, no, the golden rule. Okay, I don't know why you said retriever. My point is, okay, I just want to make you smile. And the reason why the point is, is that if you're a citizen of the kingdom, a follower of Christ, the tendency is to what? Is to what? To think of other people. And I don't know if you can relate with me that before I came to know the Lord, I always think of myself. Always myself. And I don't find it bad or negative. It was how I was warned. But I realized when I came to know the Lord, a miracle took place in my heart that starting that very day, April 3, 1994, I realized when I surrender my life to God, slowly I begin to understand that it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's about how I can serve other people. And some of you here probably might might find it surprising, but I'm telling you right now, as you get to know God's selfless love, the more you tend to be like one. This is why... As we read chapter 7 of verse 12 to 23, okay? I want you right now, okay, to start in verse 13. Are you ready? Matthew 7. It's written right here. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For it is the law and the prophets. Verse 13. Enter by the narrow, for the gate is wide and the way is, that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Verse 15. Beware of false who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous, ferocious wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good, but the deceased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a deceased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, they will not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of evil things. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, Lord God, that is alive. I pray that each and every person will see that more than just coming to church and doing all the things that we need to do as followers of Christ, I pray that indeed our relationship will be our top priority. I pray that the preaching of your word will be alive, O oh God. I thank you for even, Lord God, our family members, friends, relatives will come to know you, Lord God. Thank you that this place will be filled with people because we know, Lord God, that you want everyone to come into repentance. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
So one more week, we're done with our redefined series. For the past 16 weeks or 15 weeks, we've been discussing this. And uh, next week, okay, we will cap the whole uh, series. And Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount by giving four shocking word pictures. And I don't know if you're familiar that it is more powerful, more than just what we're reading, that you have a picture in your mind. And Jesus is strategic in his approach. He wants to give us a picture. They come in two sets of two. Two roads, wide and narrow road. Two kinds of prophets, okay? Sheep and wolves. Dressed like sheep, probably. Two trees, one bad fruit, one with uh, good fruit. And next week, we will talk about two houses. One built on sand and one built on a rock. And the reason why these word pictures are so powerful, because at the end of the day, you will at times attach whatever we will talk about based on your understanding of what a narrow or a wide uh, gate. And the tendency for a lot of Christians is that they think that the audience of Christ was people in church and people out of the church. But if you take a closer look, the Sermon on the Mount was communicated to people that are in church. So there is a greater possibility that even though you go to church, you come to church, you worship God, you give, you study the Bible, you have a, 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 your friends are Christians, your wife is a Christian, your kids are a Christian, your pet is a Christian, you think you are a Christian because I'm doing everything that uh, people are doing, that they come to church and I act like them, therefore probably I'm a Christian. And this message will help us understand that God loves us so much that we are right now gathered in this room and we are listening to this message because God wants to remind you that I love you so much that I want you to watch, check your heart. If God doesn't love you, God probably would have stopped you from coming into this gathering. And this gathering, I believe, was created by or uh, uh, really orchestrated by God in order for us to reflect what? Tonight. Because the tendency for us is that all of us in this room are biased. If you ask anybody in this room, are you a good person? The tendency is that I'm not evil, I'm not a murderer, I'm good probably. But I'm telling you right now, it's good to know the real score. So pastors like us, we have an annual physical exam. It's like a bad dream. The question that I'm asking myself, do I have to go through this? I mean... But it's good to know the real score of, of, of what you're made of and what's happening in your system. This is what we need to do this uh, evening. The passage is so clear. Enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few what find it. And I can't even just reconcile. Why would I just enter a narrow gate? I want a gate that's wider and bigger. And we know that uh, when it's wider and bigger, it's comfortable. You can easily move. And there are a lot of reasons I can give to myself that I would rather go for convenience than the challenges of life. But I want you to understand that at the end of the day, you cannot run away from the challenges of life. Tonight, you'll have a problem. Tomorrow, you'll have a problem. Next week, you'll have a problem. Your husband will be your problem. No, 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 no. Probably not, Okay. I come against it in Jesus' name. That's not going to happen, okay? Your partner is perfect, okay? In Jesus' name, amen. Do you understand? And the reason why I'm painting you this, this picture that you cannot run away from problems and challenges because life is like that, you will have problems. Contrary to the popular belief that indeed we only accept people that are are uh, uh, really good, nice, and are very religious. I'm telling you right now, it has been my prayer for years that I want to see people okay, in church that are struggling with sin. Those people that have a dark past, people who are really probably we can call the scum of this earth. That if you're here right now, you're a sinner, you are welcome in this gathering. God came into this planet 
not for the healthy, but the sick. But if you are right now healthy because of what Jesus has done on the cross, I hope that you will never desire to be sick. Do you understand? The word sick is that Christ came for the sinners. And Paul said that Christ came for the sinners in whom I am the worst. If you're here right now and if you have killed somebody, okay, probably you might not want to go to church. Paul has been a murderer and he experienced the grace of God. So if you are a sinner, this is the best place to experience the grace of God. So people are asking, Pastor, why do I need to enter a narrow road? I mean, there is an option. That there is a narrow or broad gate. The reason why I want you to understand that things like this are expressed by the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible because the best way to test a Christian, the best way to test a follower of Christ is that when you place him in a narrow road, when he experiences humps, bumps, and challenges, pag meron lang dumadating na problema, makikilala mo ang tao. How many of you here, when you have so much money, okay, you have so many friends, right? In fact, money is relative. More money, more relatives. It's easy to be a Christian when you have so much money. If you are blessed by God, it's easy to worship God. When you are blessed with millions, when you're reading your Bible, you can smile. Without opening your Bible, by looking at your Bible, when you have millions, you praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Even before worship, you come here 30 minutes before our gathering. The tendency is for you to really just worship God. Lord, thank you. When you have money. But the real Christian, okay, is someone who can withstand the challenges of life. Because the Word of God is clear that greater is He that is in you. That though things might not work well around you, you can say, the Lord has a great plan for my life. The future is secured. I'm not doing this alone. God is by my side. And we know that. That even though you're well provided, ibigay na lahat sa'yo, pag walang Panginoon, your life will, what? will fall apart. I have seen a lot of people who's blessed in the absence of Christ. They're nothing. And this is what the Word of God is saying. That the path of a true believer is narrow makited, not wide. Not because God wants you to go through a narrow road, but a narrow road teach you, inform you, tell you what's happening in your heart. The best way, say the word best, the best way to know who you are is that when you go through hard times. All of us here are using a toothpaste. Okay, if you're, if you're, you, you're brushing your teeth, you're, you're using a toothpaste, okay? In order for you to know what's inside the toothpaste, you have to squeeze it. And when the squeezing of life comes, you will know who you really are from the inside. I have met a lot of people that are so good if you ask them, oh, kamusta na? I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How's the message? Anointed. Do you understand? People can be so religious, but not until they experience the squeezing of life that you will really know who they are and what they're made of if they are citizens of the kingdom of God, if they're Christians. And I'm telling you right now, in our 5 p.m. service, there are a lot of people that are acting like Christians. Not here in our 7 p.m. service. All of you are Christians that you worship God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It is when things are hard that your heart is fully revealed. And most of the time, we pray, Lord, can you just grant me a good life? 
A life that does not have a problem. A life that is prospered by you. That I don't have to work, but millions are coming in. That I'll never be sick. That even if I sit down, I'm losing weight. I don't have to exercise that my life is prolonged for eternity. You want a good life. You want everything to work perfectly. My question with you right now, are you perfect? If you're not perfect, don't expect perfection. Because the feeling is mutual. Why am I exhorting you that it is important for you to experience how narrow the door is so that you will be able to measure and quantify what fabric are you made of? Just like what a friend of mine has expressed, that dati ng mayabang yan, nilabas lang ng pera. Because things can cause you to reveal the condition of your heart. This is why it is important for us to know that Jesus was expressing, explaining, telling the crowd that this message is for you. That this is a reminder that if you run away and you resist and you would want to say no to the narrow door and you would opt for a wider door, there is destruction that awaits you. Because a person who would opt for a wider door or a broad gate is a person who doesn't understand that indeed he has a relationship with God. So no matter how inconvenient his life is when you have a relationship with God, though things might be hard, but God will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves or ravenous. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And this is a reminder for us that if you are a follower of God, you choose the narrow door. And if you're a follower of God, you have to watch out for these things, false prophets who would tell you that their doctrine is good and clear and great. And some of us here, we give in to this doctrine because it tickles our ear. When I say tickle, is that they would always what, tell you that God is gracious, good. They will never confront you of your sin. That you can abuse God because God is gracious. That if you sin tomorrow, you can continue to really sin over and over again because anyway, God will forgive you. That's not what we're teaching you. That's not the doctrine that we're teaching you. The reason why God wants to discipline you because that is His what? Love for you. That we're not here to babysit anybody. We will tell you that you need to improve. You need to what? Grow. You need to mature. You need Jesus. Because that is love. And when you love a person, you want the person to improve. And the word here, ferocious, came from a word that is what? To eat and to devour for your own consumption. And that is what people would, would do. That they will only go to church because this is only for them. That you want to be in church because you want your what? Your wick to be perfect. My question with you right now, what if your wick will not be perfect next week? Will you still go to church? Because remember, Christianity is not about you and your consumption. You will be blessed, but this is not about you. This is not just about what you want. And the problem with us is that we are in a culture where we need to consume in order for us to be happy. And some of us, we want to do what is good. We want to do what is great because we want people to give us a pat on the back. Galing mo! Husay mo! Why? Because we want people to what? We want people to commend us and give us the applause that we want. Because most of the time, the tendency is that the things that we do is always centered on us. Is that what a Christian is? If you want access only to just be given the applause 
and the pat on the back by people, you're getting it all wrong. Because at the end of the day, that's not who we are. That we're not just ferocious wolves. Ravenous wolves we're in, we're only eating what we want. That's not what church is. If you are in church because you want tomorrow to be blessed, I'm telling you right now, if tomorrow you will have problems, that's the test of your Christianity. How do you handle with Christ in your heart? How many of you here, the reason why you're in church, because you have witnessed a fellow, or, or not a fellow, but a Christian in your family, in your offices, in your company, na kahit may problema, nakangiti pa rin, kayang-kaya, yakang-yaka. Why are you responding in this manner? You know, that tomorrow we don't have a business? Why are you smiling? Why do you, you need to pray? Look at what the Lord has done. Most of the time, we would want to blame God. But you have a family member or a friend or a co-employee that would just smile and pray and trust God. I find this puzzling. Why would somebody trust somebody that they don't see? I realize that this person is a product of his relationship with God. And he is a product of God's love for him. Though he doesn't see the God that he worships, he is not a product of religion. Because religion will teach you, do everything to get to know God. Do everything to be accepted by God. The gospel tells us, you are tinanggap na po tayo. You are accepted by God. Therefore, you can do everything. That's the gospel. This is why everything that we do is not for ourselves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from foreign bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. We know that. We know the principle. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. It is a picture, a word picture that Christ was simply saying that if you're a good tree, you bear good fruit. If you're really a Christian, you what? You exude this kind of fruit. You do good things, not because you want people to be impressed with you. How many of you here are guilty that even once in your life, you're doing what is good to impress other people? Second question, how many of you here, you've tried doing what's good to impress people that you don't like? Some of you here probably you're not raising your hand. But some of us are guilty of this because we want to prove to the people that we don't like I'm better than you. I'm guilty as well. I tend to decline the whole idea. Why do I have to do this? But because I want to prove them that they're wrong and I'm better than them, we tend to what? Do things for them to prove our value. But isn't this ridiculous that when Jesus died on the cross, your value has been proven no matter how evil or bad you are, Jesus said, it is finished. Bayad na. And here you are trying to pay your debt, but it has been paid for. And all your life, you're trying to prove to the people around you, I'm better than you. And all your life, your life has revolved around paying, impressing, telling the people around you, I'm better than you. You have wasted your time because God has paid who you really are and your identity. That is very hour and season of your life. You don't exist to impress anyone. You don't ex- exist to prove anything. You don't do things to what solicit 
applause from men. You are a product of God's love. Therefore, everything that you do starting today as a Christian is centered in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how the enemy gets us into trouble. When he can whisper into your ear and tell you, tell them, hindi ka daw magaling. Hindi ka daw mahusay. Strive to prove them wrong. And here you are. Okay? You have listened to the enemy. And all your life, you have been exerting an effort to prove to the people that you hate that you're better than them. Ladies and gentlemen, even though you have proven your point, you will always try your best to please the people who are trying to reject you. And it is a never-ending cycle. After proving your wife you're better than her, you will wake up the following day. I'll try to prove to my sister. After proving, I'll try to prove to my father. I'll try to prove to the whole world that I'm better than them. You cannot reject me. But that's not what the gospel tells us. That there is nothing to prove. This is why the product of our fruit is not just what? It's not just good works. Remember that there's such thing as internal fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And I was taught to be good externally. How many of you here are guilty of that? Or probably somebody has uh, informed you, magpakabait ka. Nobody in his right mind, okay, one morning would meditate, talagang papakasama ako, may papatay na ako ngayon, walo sila. <laughs> Nobody would do that. Nobody would wake up one morning, today I'll be a suicide bomber. Right? Nobody. People have tried their best to be good. The problem is that you're trying to be good, but if your heart is not good, you will never be good. Therefore, the problem is not the external ways or, or the things that we do. It's the heart. And the problem is that the heart doesn't have the fruit of the Spirit. And the reason why you don't have the fruit of the Spirit because you have not surrendered your life to Christ and there is what we call a rebirth that took place in your heart. That the Spirit of God is helping you to change. How many of you here are thankful that slowly, slowly, just like me, the past 23 years of being a Christian, you're slowly changing. May pagbabago sa buhay mo. And the reason why that I mentioned that, because it has to happen first. And in order for this thing to happen, is that for you to have the right theology. Theology is a big word. Say the word theology. Theology is so simple. Who God is and what He has done. Your understanding of God. If you have a distorted view of God, everything will be distorted. For example, the theology that you need to be good to be loved by God. You need to be good to be accepted by God. Is that a theology? Yes. That's not in the Bible. You don't have to strive to be good because you'll never be good. Your goodness should not be coming from the whole idea that I want God to accept me. Remember when Jesus died on the cross, you've been accepted by God. And because you're amazed with what Christ has done. Utang mo binayaran. How many of you here would hug a person, let's say for example, you have a 10 million debt. Let's say, for example, you have a 10 million debt. Out of the blue, a friend of yours will pay it. 10 million. Without any question, bayaran ko na yan. Sabihin mo. Oh, okay. Bayaran nyo yan? <laughs> bayaran ko yan, okay? Hindi naman sila may utang eh. Ako naman eh. If, if he would go out of his way para bayaran ng utang ko, 10 million. Thank you. What if 30 million bayaran niya? Hindi lang thank you. I, I, I love you. You can... My response to the person who paid my debt is not just for me to shake his son, to hug him. Probably I might kiss him. 
I don't really care if you will accuse me. But you don't understand my 30 million debt. I have a clear understanding that I have a debt so big. Somebody paid for it. It's free for me because somebody for, paid for it. But for the what? The one who paid for it, it cost him a lot. And we know that salvation is a free gift. But free for you, but not for the person who paid for it. Free for us, for God, it's costly. And the reason why I can hug him, you know why. I don't have to explain it. Somebody paid for it. And in the same manner, the reason why I'm good, that's my theology. Because I know who paid for my debt. Isn't that a great theology? But the problem with us is that binayaran na 30 million. You look at him. Look at the person. Okay, bayaran mo. Babayaran ko rin yan. Starting today, okay, I will save my 15,000 salary to pay the next 200 years of my life. Ano ka pusa? And the reason why you now understand that you don't have what it takes to pay for it and somebody did it for you is the right theology. Why people are worshiping God? Because they know their debt. The reason why I'm preaching not because this is my job and the reason why I want God to use me because I am indebted to God. Ito yung utang na binayaran na hindi ka sinisingil. And because you're thankful for the person who paid your debt and did not ask you for anything in return. Hindi ka naman pinilit magsimbay. Hindi ka naman pinilit magbigay. But because hindi ka pinilit, you will give your all and your 100%. You will give God the glory. You will give God your life. You will give God your everything. This is why the proof of a true believer is good fruit, not bad fruit. It naturally comes out because of what the Lord has done in your heart. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. I have experienced and have encountered a lot of Christians. Not in this room, but in our 5 p.m. service. Before this service, they would call Jesus Lord, Lord, and do not do the, uh, what, 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 what pleases God. That they are so consumed with rituals, traditions, that they're not consumed of the relationship. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have a relationship with God, the tendency is for you to do the things that you want to do or to do the things that pleases God, but that is only short-term, momentary lang. How many of you here you have experienced this moment in your life wherein you are living in sin? All of us, right? But one day you realize, I need to change. So what you did is to promise yourself, nangako ka sa sarili mo, starting today, nangako ako, magbabago ako. And that, was, that only lasted for two days. And you've been doing this for 10 years because you don't have the capacity to change. Your heart has to change first before you can honestly and what and boldly say, Lord, Lord, and whatever is coming out of my mouth, it's coming from my heart. Na kung ano mang lumalabas sa aking uso, galing sa puso. That I'm not just trying to really show people that I'm a follower of God and I'm attending church, I'm opening my Bible, that I'm a Christian. I can uh, uh, really uh, say and, and express what Christian languages and jargons, praise the Lord, hallelujah, oh sister, brother, hallelujah, that you would want to act like, talk like, jump like a Christian. But my question with you right now, you can do all of this at the end of the day. But the worst thing that can happen to us is for you to really come to church, attend church, worship God. 
and end up not knowing God. Let me say that once again. You can know the name of God, but not God. You can know the name of someone, but not know Him personally. And a lot of Christians know who God is, but not who you really is. It's like saying that I have a relationship with our beloved president, Roddy Duterte. I have a relationship with him. Do you know him? Yes, he's our beloved president. Does he know you? Mm. Next question. Do you understand? Because a relationship should be two-way. You know God and he knows you. And because you know him and he knows you, the more you grow deeper in your understanding of who God is, the more you trust God. The more you know God, the more you obey God. The more you know God, the more you follow God. So a lot of people always tell me, Pastor, pag sabihan mo nga yan, tigas ng ulo eh. Okay? The problem is not his, what? His ways. And the things that he does, the problem is that if you retrace, go back to where it all started, he doesn't know God. So your job is not to condemn that person, but to be a living testimony so that they will know God. Marami sa atin, ang galing nating magbantay yung malian, tama yan, malian, malian. He knows that it's wrong. How many of you here, you love to be with people who will remind you how wrong you are. You know you're wrong, and they will remind you you're wrong. Let's be friends. Nobody would want to be reminded that they're wrong. What they need is a solution. How to get out from this condition. This is why Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? These are the things that they do. And in your name, drive out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles. You can perform many miracles. You can love God. You can do things for God. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. You what? You lawless. Then at the end of the day, Jesus' reaction is that you don't have a relationship with me. And a person who is an evil doer is not just somebody who's immoral who's a murderer, who's a thief. thief. And, and, and a lot of us, we, we, think, we tend to classify people how evil they are based on our understanding of how evil people are. Do you know what, what an evil person is? Somebody who operates without God. And, and, and a lot of us here, we think that an atheist is somebody who doesn't believe in God. No. He believes in God. The God of himself. And a lot of us, we are like that. That instead of entering the narrow door, we opt for a broad door because I want convenience. Convenience. Are you re- really dead to sin and alive in Christ? Because even though you enter a narrow door and you have a lot of challenges, you can say, God, di mo you will take care of me and you will take me by the hand. That you are my Father in heaven and my relationship with you is deep. Ladies and gentlemen, just like what I've mentioned, it is hard to explain this if you don't experience how it is to have a relationship with God. How many of you here are married? 
Some of you are, 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 are am I married? <laughs> you know if you're married. How many of you here, when you, when you enter that relationship, you're, you strike a contract with your wife? Okay? Bigyan mo ko tatlong anak, papakainin kita. Yung ganon? Marami akong pera. Okay? Sabi mo sa akin, ang gusto basta bigyan mo ko tatlong anak. Yung ganon? You don't enter a, a relationship to strike a contract. Suddenly, you fall for the person. That's, that's the beauty of love. That's the miracle of love. I mean, bigyan bigyan ka ng, 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 ano, ng gusto mo I mean, alagaan mo I mean, you're, you're, that's not it follows after love, right? serving one another was not the starting point that there should be an X deal because you love the other person you would want to serve one another it's not a contract that's what I call relationship. And the closest example of our covenant with, with God and our relationship with God goes back to the covenant that we have with our wives. Or not, your wife. There is no other covenant. Covenant with God and your spouse. There is no such thing. Friend, best, we have a covenant. That, that's not in the Bible. The covenant that we have is only with God and with our spouses. What do I mean by this one? Because it doesn't start with just a deal, a contract. This marriage union springs from the whole idea that we have a relationship. Let's face the world square in the eye. That is what my wife and I have decided. May pera o wala. May buhok o wala. Haharapin natin ang mundo. That we will not give up and we will not quit and we will not surrender. We will face the world square in the eye. Money or not at all, we'll face the world. You and me against the world. Therefore, the position of a true believer is determined by the relationship with God, not works. Good works are all important, but it should spring from that relationship. You're not doing good works to be in a relationship. Relationship gives you the ability to do good works because your goal is to please God. A relationship or faith with no good works is not faith at all. Just like what Martin Luther said, you are saved by faith alone. But the faith that saves is never alone. That our faith should be validated by your good works. So if you're telling me, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I read my Bible, can I see a fruit? Um, ano yon? <laughs> there should be a product of our faith. This is why Jesus said, when he rejected those who call him Lord, Lord, and do not do what he says, he said, I never... It's a relational term. I never knew you. Away from me. You did not do ministry. You did not tithe. Away from me. You did not go to church. Away from me. You did not go to church. You're not part of our music team. Away from me. But he said, away from me. Not because you're part of a ministry. Not because you're giving. Not because you're kind. Not because you're great. Away from me. Because you never knew me. When you don't know God, you will live outside of the will of God. When you don't know God, you will do what pleases you. When you don't know God, you do everything that is not aligned with God. Therefore, to believe in Christ is to live for Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, your living is a product of your believing. That as you live for Christ, it is important for us to know 
that in order for you to believe or live in Christ, you have to believe in Him deeply. That it doesn't stop with just knowing God. You know Him every day. So if you're not reading your Bible, I don't have to explain it to you. If you're not reading your Bible every day, I don't have to explain it to you. If you're not reading your Bible, you go home. Look at yourself in the mirror. Ask yourself, what is happening with my life? I don't have to explain that. Because everything that you're doing today is a product of your life 90 days ago. You want to have a great life three months from now. Do something with your life today. Nothing will happen if you don't do it. You don't grow in your walk with God. You don't read your Bible. And the beauty of what we're doing for God, we're not doing this alone. It is God who gives us the strength and the grace to do so. This is why the Bible validates that to be a Christian is not that easy. But the Word of God is clear that we need to come to Him. All who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, the worst burden is to have everything. How many of you here, honestly, if you have a chance to have everything, okay, and there's nothing wrong with owning something, you would want to own something, right? But the deal is that you can have everything, but with no God, you will never live comfortably. Honestly, you can't have everything. But probably you might not have everything but with God. And a lot of you, in your 60s, if you're 60 years old, 50s, some of you has already evaluated your life. Why is it I did not give my life to God early on? Don't feel bad. The Word of God is clear that this is your appointed time. But my point is, in the absence of God, life will be meaningless. Because nothing can satisfy your heart. Nothing can satisfy your longing. Just like me. I'm not perfect. But the beauty of my walk with God is that when I am doing something, or for example, you're in church, you're worshiping God, suddenly you remember something at home. Or probably you, you thought of a, a, your dinner. Or you thought of something that has that, that, that's never part of our activity here. And, and you stop worshiping. Or suddenly, you did something that's, yeah, you, you entertained something evil in your mind. You know the beauty of Christianity? When you have Christ, in the middle of it, you say to yourself, that's wrong. Jesus, forgive me. Can I get back on track? How many of you here, you have that kind of experience? that the Holy Spirit is telling you. That's wrong. And I'm telling you right now, God is pleased with that. Because you're conscious to respond and embrace and say, God, let me cooperate with you. Ladies and gentlemen, can we give ourselves a round of applause? And starting tonight, every single minute of our lives, don't feel bad. When you are prompted to stop and say, this is wrong. That is a miracle from heaven. That is what makes me glad that there is a spirit of God that tells me this is a bad fruit this is a wide door 
this is not a follower of Christ. I want to follow Jesus. You can never be perfect, but you can what? You can improve. By what? By being reminded in the middle of doing something that's not pleasing to God, that you're conscious to repent and you're conscious to correct your ways. God is pleased with that. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, thank you for this gathering that all of us would be conscious that more than anything else, it is your relationship that is making us conscious to do what is right. Can we raise our hands, all of us across the room? Lord, thank you for the hands that are lifted high. I pray, oh God, that our relationship with you will blossom, will grow, will mature. That when we are in a place of inconvenience, Panginoon, Lord, we will be thankful because of inconvenience, makikilala namin ang aming mga sarili. That we will know who we are and what we're made of. And because of this, we have the exact picture of who we are. So we can start all over again. Say this Jesus. Jesus, say this once again. Jesus, thank you that today my relationship with you will grow, will improve, will mature. You can put down your hands as we bow our heads and continue to bow our heads and close our eyes. Don't look around. If you are listening to this message and you're saying, Pastor, I thought Christianity is a set of rituals and routines and do's and don'ts. This might surprise you. That's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about having a personal relationship with God and when you have a relationship with God you can do good you can overcome evil you can overcome sin so if you want to accept nais mo tanggapin ang Panginoon sa puso mo just pray this prayer after me with the help of the, our leaders say this prayer Jesus once again say this Jesus I receive you in my heart as my Lord and personal Savior I want I want to follow you for the rest of my life Jesus help me grow in my walk with you be part of my life and you rule my life 